Toronto City Councilor Alejandro Bravo has been very outspoken in her time on council so far. We enjoyed chatting with her leading up to her getting elected in Ward 9. And even more so now, we talk about the strong mayor powers of John Tory, homelessness, the TTC, and the Toronto police budget as well. Is there a fear that these strong mayor powers could be utilized for more than just housing? Because so much of our economy in Toronto right now is interrelated and interconnected. We get there with Alejandro Bravo on Toronto Today. You've got strong opinions on on this police issue. Police Services Board will meet today and likely approve this increase. Are you hopeful that some of the budgeting for, for this police increase goes into the right places, that, it, that it, we spread our, our wings a little wider than just hiring more cops? Look, we, 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 the police right now are needed to investigate organized crime. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, major violent incidents like murder where they're going to be needed. I think that the problem with the increase that the mayor's proposed is that there's no evidence that just adding more police makes people safer. But there's lots of evidence for what works, just as you were saying. For example, assigning mental health calls, overdose calls to other workers who are really trained for this and really understand um, how to how to respond without ending up in a police escalation. You know, I just think about what you're, what's happening right now in the city of Toronto. It's really about policing poverty right now. More people are becoming homeless every day. We're hearing that 50 to 100 people are seeking out shelters. Um, and, you know, there are people certainly with addictions, people with mental illness. And there's also a bunch of working uh, people who are just can't afford a place to live or social assistance rates for um, are so low for people who are really vulnerable. Disability payments are so low. Um, so I think what we're seeing, um, so many of the problems of feeling insecure right now has to do with these uh, these issues of increasing poverty in this city and not enough responses to that. Yeah, there's you, you nailed it. There's so many cycles. There's so many things that are that are interconnected. Um, and if you if you're going to you, you can't change one without, you know, impacting mm-hmm. the others. And when you bring up. The homeless situation, we were talking to Diana Chan McNally earlier in the show, and I mentioned, look, we're at a disadvantage already. We're a cold weather city, but there are cold weather cities in the U.S. that have figured some things out, whether it's tiny homes, whether it's better subsidies, whether we're just behind the eight ball in a lot of services and and sourcing out things um, to help people at this time of year. We really are. Yeah, and you know, the, it's, it's amazing for as a new counselor, just figuring out the shelter system. It took us a few weeks to understand that right now, if you find yourself homeless from one day to the next, or you, you actually have nowhere to go. The only way to get a shelter spot is through a central intake process. Um, that's full almost 100% every night. And they're turning away hundreds of people um, in, in total every week in the city of Toronto. So what we need is like a 24-7 place where people can go. Otherwise, they're turning to, you know it, TTC, libraries, 24-hour cafes. These are actually the shelters of today. And it's not good for the people using those spaces. And it's not good for the homeless person who's getting sicker and sicker. You know, when I ride the subway in the morning to work, I see people who I can see are employed. Some of them may be working in construction, working in service. um, And they're just kind of working the night shift and, and sleeping on the transit all day that this isn't a good recipe for a safer city um, and unfortunately just in putting more money into policing hasn't been proven anywhere in the world by any study to be better and the proposal that's being made right now isn't really backed up 
by a lot of sort of details or evidence. And, and I think that what we need is really to focus on making sure that there's a roof over people's heads mm-hmm. and getting the help that they need. We're going to save so much money in the end. You know that we spend $100 million a year just policing the homeless population in Toronto, according to some experts. Um, that that's disturbing, like issuing up to 16,000 tickets to people that they can't pay back and then processing that. And then there's also the question of why um, are, are, is 911 still sending a police officer when a person is having an overdose? If it was treated as a medical emergency, those officers could be free to deal with really important um, incidents of violent crime or organized crime or, 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 or situations that are threatening people at a more, you know, on, on a greater level. And I think transit becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You can imagine we all cringe when we hear about a terrible story of a, of a violent act uh, involving somebody on a TTC uh, bus or streetcar or, um, or well, just simply waiting like the horrible story of, of the woman in the summer. And yet I, I cringe knowing we have to report the news and but that news yeah. story is going to make people more discouraged when we need a lot of people like yourself back on public transit utilizing it. Yeah, it. it I mean, the TTC is still safe. It's the, these incidents are t- terrifying, and and you know I think we're all more aware. And it should one incident like that is way too many. Um, but the other thing that's keeping people away from transit is is just it's not reliable. Like that we mm-hmm. let the system fall apart to the point where signals don't work, the tracks need updating, there's all kinds of problems. So, you know, sometimes if you know you have to get somewhere on time, it, it's just easier to take another form of transportation. And that's really bad for the system. Um, I and also think that you, you used to see a lot more people, workers around the stations, but there've been so many uh, cuts. I think what uh, the TTC riders, which, rep, you know, has a lot of TTC um, users who belong to that group are saying we need bodies in the in the stations, and I think that the city um, the city programs and community programs that are working so effectively, uh, for example, there's a, a Toronto Community Crisis uh, Unit has had incredible results. Like scale that up, put them on TTC. Um, you know, just people that are there to uh, police things after the fact. Um, mm. it, it's not the same as having somebody say, like, deployed to say, okay, there's a crisis here. There's a there's a situation that a person is um, is unwell yeah. there. And and uh, when you ride the transit, you see them every day. And and you you and you keep your constituents, people that voted for you, people that didn't, very informed. Um, I think you're very proactive in in keeping engaged with um, with your community. You're going to be part of something today called Our City, Our Budget. Tell our listeners a little bit about what it is and and sort of it, it's ju- it's just a basic A to Z about what the budget is and and some of the things about it. Exactly. So what we know is that this time the budget. Um, the mayor has more power over the budget. Council has less power, frankly. But people, you know, regular residents of the city of Toronto, uh, you know, we all know what we need, well, what we experience on our streets, the potholes, the, you know, the, the the transit delays and the concerns that people have over over the way that things just seem like they're fraying. Um, so this is an invitation for everybody to have, understand how it works and have um, residents have a voice, um, use it, and community groups are rising to the occasion despite the pressure of honestly shorter timelines. So you've got Social Planning Toronto um, holding this event tonight online. 
Um, and, and that's in, an important place to go. Um, uh, Social Planning Toronto is online and you can sign up. Um, it's on Zoom. Um, you've also got a group like Progress Toronto doing a workshop um, about how to actually go and speak about the budget with the consultations happen next week. It's all happening very quickly. Um, but I just want to make sure that people know that your voice matters so much right now. Uh, because the thing about municipal government is that we can try to push for changes in a budget that you know isn't doesn't really do a lot to uh, currently, um, for, but based on the announcements we've heard, to kind of tip the balance in favor of of making some improvements um, mm. on transit and into the city's infrastructure. You you referenced the strong mayor powers. Um, the housing strategy um, that John Tory put forward didn't need them. Um, they passed eighteen to eight. But I do wonder, we were talking about how things are, were interconnected before. Do you worry even something like the police budget? That's a point where he could use the strong mayor powers and say, well, I don't I don't need to to get the majority of votes because this is related to housing, which is related to, to this part of the of Toronto's budget. Mm-hmm. Like like there is that concern some people have about it. If you and many others didn't like the the budget for police and the mayor said, well, I, me and my seven friends do. That's all it takes. Yeah, I mean, the, he does have a, a veto power over council now. So even if a majority of councillors say, hey, maybe we need to um, look at this situation a bit differently and deal with, you know, policing poverty is very expensive. Mm. Let's let's invest over here. Um, he can use his veto power to overturn council's decision. And then it would take a two thirds of council to overturn that veto. So let's be clear, this is going to be the mayor's budget. Um, We have a responsibility as councillors to uh, make the concerns of our constituents known. And and I received so many emails and phone calls and personal, very personal messages urging me to continue on this path of asking these questions and taking a different approach um, to investments and policing and transit in particular and housing. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a duty to do that. But ultimately, we all know that the public opinion and, and you know, the power that community voices have, that regular people have, is really significant anyway. So that's why it's uh, January, February. It's a really important for all of us, uh, an important time for all of us to be paying attention and, and being involved as best we can. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. People feel kind of you know shaky and hazy coming out of the holidays, but they're probably the two most important months to map out what the rest of the year is going to be like and the next couple of years um, for, for what, what matters in our city. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great Have visit. Have a great day, everyone.